get to the bottom of what's truly healthy in this crazy, complex world. So you can take back what is rightfully yours. Welcome to the Health Sovereign Podcast. This is your host, Logan Christopher. Welcome back. Got an exciting interview for you today. Today joining me on the call is Dr. Lulu Shimek. She is a naturopathic physician and expert in genetic health, working with patients experiencing chronic disease, autoimmune disease, digestive disorders, chronic pain, depression, anxiety, and fatigue. She believes that once we dive deep down to the root of the problem of the distortion and ignite our body's innate ability to heal, we see unimaginable changes in our well-being. Her passion lies in helping people discover their zest and joy for life that has been lost along their path of illness. So in this episode, we'll be talking about some, I guess, fringier, further out there stuff than maybe some people are used to. But my whole goal with the Health Sovereign podcast has been to, uh, I guess, explore the boundaries to continue to push that. Uh, because, I mean, kind of like you heard here in Dr. Lulu's bio, uh, these diseases are not best treated by Western medicine. A variety of other things are in many cases, many, many, many cases, helping a bunch more. So we cover the gamut in this episode. I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. Welcome, Dr. Lulu, to the Health Sovereign Podcast. Good to have you here. Hi, thanks, Logan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited about this call because I've been diving through the first couple of chapters of your book and going through your website, and I, I feel there's definitely alignment between what we're doing some of the things uh, you're saying there really stand out to me. Um, so I guess I want to start just the title of your book, Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love. I, I like the idea that it's, it's a three-step process, right? There's the detox, then the nourish, and act. Can you expand on that and why you decided to go with these three things? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, the, um, the D, the N and the A is uh, your DNA. <laughs> so mm. we, um, I didn't my, notice that <laughs> <laughs> my uh, co-author Adora Winquist and I really wanted to have something that was um, uh, about the DNA, about the cellular process. And for us, it's it was just like so key, so important to really have those three systems addressed. Because when those aspects of the cells, detoxifying the cells, activating the cells, nourishing the cells, when those three components are completely in alignment, then your body like soars to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just thinking for people, detox and nourish, that kind of makes sense stuff coming in stuff going out uh, what do you mean by activate specifically yeah that's a great question so when you're activating the system you could think of maybe you, let's uh, give an example with energy in the book which is all about the adrenal glands so sometimes the system will be turned off either because it is super fatigued or because maybe even the, the actual DNA is not activated so when you activate it it's basically like a turning on switch <laughs> That's good. So is this uh, related to epigenetics or transposons? Uh, I guess some of those fields that, you know, uh, I know you're not like a genetic determinist. Um, and as so many people still have that kind of the hangover of that kind of scientific paradigm mm -hmm. uh, through the word, but really kind of understanding where DNA is right now, scientifically, what we kind of more understand about it, including how like uh, it shoots off photons and that sort of thing. Uh, how does this all play into what you're talking about there? 
Yeah. So in regards to activating the DNA, of course, you know, our, I would say limited (laughs) studies scientifically of DNA is where we kind of are now. I mean, it hasn't been studied very much, um, but when we think about it from the energetic perspective, just how you were mentioning the word photon, which is we discuss in the book, um, you know, your DNA or cells are a form of light. They are, you know, and so our whole body is a form of energy, a form of light. So when we activate that light source or that light within the body, the light within the cell, the body is enabled to turn on and activate. So the DNA activation process is one part of activating with ourselves, within ourselves, (laughs) the cells. (laughs) And -hmm. then also it's about activating DNA through our past planetary life and through our past history that is genetically within all of us because we have you know we have this amazing brain this massive huge brain and also this energetic brain (laughs) the mind so to speak and you know we've forgotten a lot of things as a as humans because we've either been asked to I don't know forget them on one level or another and now so the book is really a revolutionary aspect to activate that past healing energy within all of us on the planet hmm Yeah, one of the things you mentioned in there that caught my mind and wanted to dive deeper into is that science has shown that DNA links back over six generations. Mm-hmm. Could you expound on that? Sure, yeah. So, so far, they've the from the scientific standpoint, they've been able to link back, let's say an example would be, you know, so you have your parents, then your great-grandparents, so they can link back specific health problems, right? Whether that's a physical ailment or... Um, let's a celiac disease might be a good example something that's been in your DNA and passed down where you have a genetic um, dysfunction or malfunction. So, but really when we think about it, the DNA has been passed down since the very beginning of time as humans. So I really think mm-hmm. it's much, much, much broader than six generations, but you know, that's what they've been able to link back from a scientific standpoint as of now, but if you think about it, like we're all, we all come from the same cell (laughs) from one point in time. And so that has linked us through that DNA. And a lot of our DNA is either turned on or turned off because it hasn't been activated or it hasn't been ready to be activated. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. One uh, case of that, that I'm familiar with, there's studies looking at uh, smokers, the grandmothers, and maybe even great grandmothers that the, the grandchildren or great grandchildren are more likely to have asthma based on that past activity. Uh, and I, I think as we start to look more at this, obviously it goes wider and wider, but um, I think that also really speaks to how little we actually understand DNA and yet we're modifying it and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with it now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a great example. And, you know, you could also think about, you know, the Irish famine, you know, back and does that have nutritional deficiency that's still connected to the offspring during that time. So there's many ways we connect it back to specific times of history. And are we as um, humans in our family DNA, our mother and father bloodline, then connected back to those specific times in history? Mm-hmm. So one of the other things that I feel very important and I saw it right on your website I'm like yeah you're you get it right you talk about the root cause of problems Mm -hmm. um this is so important because most of healing and healthcare uh is addressing the symptoms right what led you to 
I guess, kind of really focusing and identify because it, it it seems obvious yet common sense <laughs> is not so common all the time. What, what led you to really like, oh, it, we have to get to the root causes? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> you know, I think that I began to see um, when I, I've been in the healing arts for a long time, um, over 20 years, and I began to see that I guess you would call it like surface medicine. <laughs> you know, things are being treated mm -hmm. on the surface. And when we think of our body, our body goes way deeper than the surface, right? And when we have something that's showing up on the surface, whether that could be maybe a skin is a great example, right? Okay, so you have a rash. Mm -hmm. Um, and so where does that rash come from? It's not, it's not, it's from an, an immediate imbalance, right? But what's the root cause of the imbalance? Where does that come from? It probably most likely comes from the gut because the gut is always that the function of the skin. It's a mirror of that. So I really started to think about and dive deeper into, you know, there's gotta be more than a surface layer. <laughs> it's gotta go way down. And then I, as I went, when I went into medical school, I really started learning a lot more about the root cause of dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And in your book, you, you focus on three areas, primarily the, the heart, the adrenals and the brain. So you just mentioned the gut and obviously there's a lot of focus on the gut and it's very important. Uh, mm -hmm. But do you feel the these three areas are like the, the most foundational, the most kind of root areas that we need to be addressing? Yes, um, we really wanted to those if you think about that from the energetic point of view. So in the brain, we have the, you know, it's the, that's the um, mood aspect of the book, the nervous system. And so from the physical standpoint, that's at the top of our body, that's our communication system. And then from an energetic standpoint, that's our connect connection to our soul level or, you know, our communication with our inner source or how, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that's our, our communication on that level. Then we have our heart and our heart, of course, is our physical aspect of our body that is our center of controlling circulation how everything's moving how everything's functioning and then on the emotional level our heart is how we open up to everyone around us and ourselves. and then when we think of the adrenal glands that's our energy source it's also our grounding source where we're connected to the earth so we have the earth the heart and the and the like the sky or the upper level so it's those create three places physically are super important for the body but they're also really important on that emotional and energetic level for having that connection does that make sense mm -hmm. absolutely yeah the way i always look at health is you know most people focus on the physical but there's the energetic the mental emotional and the spiritual and i really try to think of all those different levels and how they they fit together and even if you have a problem on one uh, the root cause of that may not be on that same level that that symptom is showing up on. It totally. Yeah. And that's what we were just talking about earlier with the, you know, the root cause of the problem. And when I work with patients, it's not just about looking at the physical aspect. I always look at the, all the other levels, you know, I look at the genetic mm -hmm. level. I look at the um, energetic level. I look at the mental level, the emotional level, because we all have these different aspects of our bodies that are, showing up on another level or the same level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the genes there, I'm curious, how much of, uh, with your 
clients and people you work with, are you, are you doing the genetic testing and realizing, okay, you have this gene that says like maybe the, the methylation, you're, you're able to uh, process methylation, do that much easier than other people. Uh, do you map that, that like more physical genetic level, right? Then we have the epigenetics, which might be a layer on top of that. So are you looking across those, I, I guess you would say different levels of perspectives with the gen genetic testing itself? Yeah, totally. So I do uh, genetic testing um, for and and the epigenetic levels of the and looking at it from you know of course it gives us a lot of preventative information. Just it's more for an awareness about what's going to happen, what's happening inside from that genetic level. And then I also do um, I work with a system called Gene Keys. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but it's more of the um, kind of emotional level of the genetics. Um, and so I work with those two systems combining together using that physical form, looking at the actual um, different SNPs that are going on the system, and then looking at the emotional and um, DNA aspect from the chromosomal level and combining those two together. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I've, yeah. I've heard of the gene keys. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't dove super deep into it. I, I was curious, especially how it's related to the I Ching, which mm -hmm. is uh, something that I use quite regularly. Uh, so could you please go into a little bit more detail on that and how, how that, or I guess why that, that's working specifically on the emotional level? I'm curious. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the gene keys um, um, were developed. They're really, it's such a, like a, an amazing process. I recommend diving into it a little bit deeper on your own um, listeners and yourself. Um, you can find out some information, uh, Richard, um, um, uh, what's his last name? Fred. I think Brad, I can't, I lost track of it, but I'll email it to you. You can put it in the notes. Um, so how it works is that the gene keys are divided. Like, so we have a specific amount of chromosomes and then those chromosomes are then divided into a gene key. And then, so, the, so there are 64 of those keys. And then from there you have the aspects of the body that are related to the emotional level. So you could think about like, what is my purpose? Like that's kind of like an emotional aspect of the gen of the gene keys. And so it looks at the, from that, like you were saying that I Ching perspective, but it's also almost like from a, it's a good way to describe it, like almost like a horoscope perspective, but it's way, way deeper mm -hmm. than that. But it looks about things from the emotional level about why you do things based on your genetic code. So, but that is related to the actual time that you were born, the timestamp. So if you look at that timestamp, that's your like energetic timestamp, time your blueprint, right? That's your emotional blueprint. So it takes the genetic code of the emotional blueprint. And then I combine that with a genetic code of your physical form and overlap the, the, the two and using my scientific brain and my emotional brain and seeing how I can best help my patients to move out of their place of dysfunction to an optimal place of health. Mm, fascinating. Could you mm -hmm. give an example either personally or with uh, a client, you know, of course not using specific details, but how right. uh, the gene keys help them to heal or have a breakthrough in some sort of way? Yeah, sure. You know what I, I like, I'll use myself cause that's really easy and I don't have to specifically use a patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but what I really love about working with the gene keys from my own perspective is that, you know, it allows me to look deeper 
with at my emotional body with a different lens because you know when we're looking at ourselves or thinking about ourselves we have a a clouded perspective right it's almost it's like I, I guess I do have an, a judgment perspective, like, oh, I don't do this because I don't do that. <laughs> but with the mm-hmm. gene keys, it like opens the door up and allows you to see yourself without the judgment, if that makes sense. So you can see, cause it gives things that you're in um, alignment with in a positive and negative way. So if you're doing like X, 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 like in an quote unquote negative aspect, that allows you to see why you're doing that, why you have that pattern. Once you break through that pattern of negativity, so to speak, then you move into the pattern of that positive realm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything has a, a positive and negative to it. Yeah, uh, for example, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I have an addictive personality, which can obviously be quite bad in certain sort of addictions, but also how it kind of fuels me, you know, that obsessive drive, which can be useful, though it needs to be tempered at times. Right. Yeah. So for that's a great example. And for myself, like I love to be doing, like, I would say a bazillion different things at one time, which can have (laughs) its positive and negative aspects, right? Like it can be like maybe not so focused or it can be uber focused. So it talks about those types of things to that emotional perspective. And it's really, I found it really eye-opening because you're like, oh, that's why I'm doing this. It's because, you know, it's, it's related to my genetic code. It's part of me. It's part of my blueprint. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and notice on your, I believe it was your bio, you, you talked of yourself as a Renaissance woman, and I, I certainly aim to be a Renaissance man, and <laughs> it's it's both a, a blessing and a curse, you know, it's like, oh, if I could just focus on one thing, I could go so far with that, but I feel the need to go so wide and diverse <laughs> in everything, right, so I, yeah. I resonate with you there. Right. Totally. Yeah. I work at, I always like to think of myself as working like at the speed of light, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. moving so fast doing many different things. And so I can, I feel like I can get things done in one day, which I would like take most people much like a longer period of time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I function in a different time, <laughs> time continuum or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. Like, and, and this is part of what we're talking about there. But and I see a lot more of this in uh, other people I know in the healing arts. It's it's a bridge of the scientific, the you know, like rational mind with the uh, more energetic, emotional, everything. And I, I, I hope we are moving toward a future where things are more integrated in a way that can support us on all those different levels and perspectives versus this you know, just straight up materialist reductionist paradigm that we've been going through in the past century or so. Yeah, we're definitely moving in that direction. I think one, people are becoming a lot more open-minded. They're being activated, right? (laughs) Um, As Mm -hmm. I was talking about before, they're being activated to open up specific areas that have been, you know, we, in our history, um, we have had a lot of times of being persecuted for specific beliefs and we're it's still going on today. It's not like it's not, right. uh, you know, um, and so <laughs> actually more so today than right. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. whole pandemic more and everything. So, I know. So we're seeing people being able to have new perspectives with an open mind and not feeling persecuted, which I think is part of the development or the, um, what's the, like, what a better word would be, the uh, openness and availability for people to have more awareness of this shift in our, in their, in our medical system, because it's a failing, mm-hmm. it, you know, of course, like we need to have some kind of 
emergent medical system in place. That is totally great. You know, if you need, if you have an emergency, you need to be able to have something, someone there to help you. I worked in the ER. I know all about that. But then also when we're talking about from the chronic disease standpoint, we've got to have a different model. I mean, it just, it's, and that's what I mean when I'm saying that it's shifting, more people are being more open-minded the medicine itself is shifting and being more open-minded. Mm. So when we can have those two avenues be like, you know, coming onto the same path, we're going to see this huge shift in our medicine and we're on the cusp of it. It's like, you know, it's already happening with all the healers around the world being like, okay, <laughs> look what you can do if you do this. And there's so many different ways we can heal the body. It's not just like one, like right. as from the me- medical perspective, the MD world's like, take this pill and you'll feel hundred percent better. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just did an article of like, there's a hundred different healing modalities and really our, our place is to find the, the proper place of those. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to see a crystal healer if my arm gets ripped off <laughs> there. I want to go to a real <laughs> medical doctor, you know, use drugs to help with the pain, reattach the arm, that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, a Western MD is not going to help you figure out your purpose in life, which we can think of a, this other level of healing, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, just to say, just as a comment of what you just said, I actually think that you do when you have an acute thing, like you, you broke your arm or you have a really big injury, you actually want to have all those other healers on your team too. You want yes, to, that's to a good say, point. yeah, see the acute person like, okay, I need start to with that. ER. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> um, and then from there you bring on all the other healers, whatever that those modalities are, there's so many to help you have a different level of healing. So you can help deal with the trauma, the physical, the emotional, the mental trauma and help your body heal quickly. That's right. Because, uh, yeah, I think that's an important point that with any sort of physical trauma that it's not just physical, right? You're going to have this other related stuff. And although the, the doctor may, you know, address the, the bleeding or whatever at that time, which is, of course, very important, uh, you have to work with those layers to really get the full and complete healing. And there are other better modalities for that. Yeah, totally. A great example. I had a, a patient who ha- recently had a car accident and you know, the actual like mental aspects and the emotional trauma w- were way, way, way bigger than any of the physical aspects, mm. um, you know, and because a car accident can be very traumatizing emotionally, right? It's like, right. You're, you can be hit out of the blue. You have no, you're not aware of what's happening. You can go into complete shock, you know? And so dealing with the emotional level of illness is just as important as the physical level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So speaking of being open-minded, you know, I, I don't know where all my listeners are at. I, I feel if they're listening to me, they're definitely somewhere on this journey, but uh, I call myself a uh, recovering materialist because uh, I certainly came from that frame a long time ago. Um, but with something like crystals healing, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's funny because I, I didn't want it to be like useful or true. Like I, I fought mentally. I just from wherever I picked this up, I didn't want it to be true, but I, I could feel things like I can feel energies uh, reasonably well. I don't know how to really qualify that state. But so then when someone was actually like working with crystals on me, I'm like, damn it, I can feel something <laughs> like it, it's working. <laughs> right. uh, so it was a weird uh, kind of mental emotional battle going on in, 
in me. Uh, but something you said in your book that was uh, really interesting and triggered, I, I, I remembered when I was a kid, I used to collect rocks mm-hmm. and stones. Like mm-hmm. I would go to rock shows and I'd never actually thought of that. And it's like, oh, you know, what, there was something back then that drew me to them. And, you know, I got enculturated in this way that, oh, that's all stupid stuff. And now <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I, I need to like revisit that. Um, so can you speak to crystal healing fits in and that, I guess, that whole framework of detox, nourish and activate? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So within the book, um, there are 11 interventions that are given for each of the systems. So the brain, the adrenals and the heart, and then detox, nourish and activate. So there's nine photon wheels, we call them um, within the book and the crystals or and stones are one aspect of the interventions there. Um, Mm -hmm. And a great way to think about stones, like, like you said, I love how, what you said about collecting them as a, when you're a kid, you know, when I go out hiking, um, which I do a lot, I always pick up a stone and put it in my pocket. It's like, there's a, it's like a little star on your path. You know, it's like, so, you know, who knows what it's going to be, <laughs> what, you know, because when you're out in the woods, there's all kinds of different stones. Right. But even mm-hmm. those stones have some kind of energy and it it can be hard when you're first working with um stones and crystals like you said to be able to one maybe to like believe that they work or to to resonate with them so what i recommend when you know our book is a great way to work because we give um the energy around the stone what the the basics that the stone's good for and then we also give a placement of the stone. So one thing that's really easy to do is just to place stones on specific areas of the body for healing. Like the heart is a great example using, um, you know, like rose quartz, because when you feet, you can place stones on specific areas of your body, which then help the body to detox. So letting go of like emotions or physical disturbances or nourishing the body, bringing in energy that the body has been depleted in or activating the system, turning on the system or energizing the system. And crystals do that through vibration, through energy, through photon. Does that make sense? It does. So mm-hmm. yeah. And that's uh, very interesting. Uh, I guess my question, where What is the best, I was talking about the proper place of all these healing modalities. So Mm -hmm. uh, how would you, I guess, categorize crystal healing? Where is that most useful? Is it like for the the mental or the emotional blocks, the energetic body? Uh, What would you say it's most useful for? Hmm. Well, you know, that's interesting because I actually think they're good for all levels. But I think it it really depends on kind of what you're looking for, what you're um, like game plan is <laughs> like, you know, what's mm-hmm. your inver- end result. So let's say for instance, I was talking about the heart, maybe you were having, um, some aspects of the heart on a physical level. Maybe you're even actually having some, um, issues of high blood pressure. So using stones and crystals on the heart can help to regulate blood pressure. Um, mm-hmm. if we're looking at it from the emotional standpoint, it can really help to open up the heart help to bring awareness to areas that you've had maybe um, heartbreak or loss, or maybe you have problems when it comes to self-love. So there's a, a lot of things about the emotional level and mental level. I think 
crystals can help with, but I would think more on that, on the vibrational level with the physical being and the emotional being is where you can really feel them and really feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. the, the rose quartz you mentioned, is that what, that would be useful for blood pressure or is there another stone there? Yeah, I do actually like to use, um, um, rose quartz a lot with blood pressure. One reason with that is because the rose quartz is, it's a very powerful stone. It's also an inexpensive stone. I like to use patient ones with patients where they can, they're easily accessible. <laughs> like, you know, you can find them easily because right. stones are more rare, <laughs> right? So yeah, rose yeah. quartz is great, but it also is really powerful, but subtle. And when it comes to blood pressure, we want to use kind of stones that are um, making easily, easy adjustments in the system. Cause you don't want to have like this massive change in blood pressure from low to high. You want to have it be like slowly regulating. So I love to mm -hmm. use rose quartz for that. And you can really easy ways you can do it. You can wear it around your neck as an amulet. You could put it, um, you know, wear it when I, I'll have patients put like have a little pocket, you know, like a t-shirt with a pocket. Um, and you can sew mm -hmm. it closed when you're sleeping. It's a great to help balance your blood pressure and circulation while sleeping, you know, not a large stone, but something small and sleepy, <laughs> you know, smooth. Um, but that's another really great one too. Or you can have, take a bath. Rose quartz is great to put in the bathtub. Um, you can take an Epsom salt belt bath to help the muscles relax and you can lay the rose quartz in the bottom of the tub. And that really helps the circulation and helps your body to relax. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm going to have to experiment some more, get some <laughs> yeah. more stones. And that's what it's them. all about. Yeah, totally. Having fun and experimenting with stones. That's how I first started using them. And there's, and I'm definitely, I have a ton more. I want to learn about stones because there's so many, you know, it's, it's not, right. you know, we have like, most people know maybe a common, I don't know, 12, but there's like a bazillion stones on this planet and crystals. So, um, you know, there's, we have resources in the back of our book that really give great books that people can buy and purchase for more information. If you're looking to go down that route for sure. Hmm. And one of the things you, you mentioned, and we should definitely talk about this subject as well, but having a relationship with the plants, but uh, I'm recognizing it's the same sort of thing with the stones. And as you were saying, hiking and picking up a stone, but also then working with these, you can really kind of establish uh, that relationship to a rock, which, you know, to some people, that's going to sound like a pet rock sort of thing, but, <laughs> right. uh, but I, I, I'm after results, right? So as I said, when I like, I didn't want to believe in crystals, but then I felt things happening with them. So it's like, okay, I, I got to go there, right? Because I'm interested in results. And um, I, yeah, and I think another thing with the, the hundreds of different modalities, right, is find the ones that work for you. Uh, right. You know, crystals, yeah. they may resonate with us and rocks and everything, but it might not be right for another person. Uh, but the, I, I think the important lesson for people is they take health back into their own hands, something that's very important with the, you know, uh, a board of advisory sort of, um, is to find those modalities that work for you, that resonate with you. I think mm -hmm. that's important. Yeah, healing is very individualized, right? And which is, I think, when we were talking about earlier about the place of, of medicine on our plant not working very well, it's because it's not individualized. You know, you, we <laughs> are individual people. We each have our own set of DNA. We each have our own cells and how our body works. And, you know, that also differs from day to day. When I work with patients, I see them really frequently because you're they're shifting. I want to help them to shift quickly. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you're... If you're 
food is a great thing. You know, a, a lot of times people need to have some things taken out of their maybe nutritional plan that aren't working so great. You know, maybe you have a mm-hmm. gluten allergy or something, but also, you know, you might need specific foods from a day-to-day basis or week to week basis, month to month basis, year to year basis that are completely different, you know, rotate it up, have fun with it, you know, like eat something, listen to your body. So when it comes to individualized healing, listen to your body, explore what's out there, talk to your friends. I mean, there's so many different things like, you know, and try it out see what works Mm -hmm. if it works, you know, and then you're like, Oh, remember when I like, you know, a great example would be when I was going to medical school. Um, I had read something about Bastyr university, like, I don't know, a long time, even before I went to school. And, you know, that's how I think that healing is. That's my point is that you have a spark (laughs) within you, Mm -hmm. right? It's like something. And then when that spark is needed, it gets reactivated, right? It's like, oh yeah. Remember that person that acupuncturist that you, that, you know, Susie told me about, you know, that's the kind of thing. It's like, when we need it, it's going to be there for us (laughs) is my point not to ramble. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, synchronicity and following yes. that golden thread is a I- important part of healing. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just more fun, right? You know, to have like yeah. a magical worldview in that sort of way that life in the universe and your healing path is unfolding rather than uh, once again, like a reductionist materialist frame mindset, like that's boring. <laughs> I want to yeah, have fun. Totally. Life, right? Yeah. Have fun. And that's a, a big part of our book is we have their discovery dives throughout the book where you as the reader are given the tools to discover the healing deep within yourself. And that is mm-hmm. the, like the revolutionary part of the book that we really wanted. We wanted it to be a a discovery within where people are just like, you know, there's so many books about like self-help out there. Right. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. people need to be given the tools to look deeper, to have the things around them, uh, herbs, crystals, essential oils, food, meditations, all these things that are accessible that you can experiment with. (laughs) right like Mm -hmm. oh what is this stone or what is this herb I don't know anything about it I'm just gonna try it out and that's kind of a lot about what the book is like you know you have this this trauma within you what tools can you use to help explore it deeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's talk about herbs and plants a little bit and relationships (laughs) with them I I don't really I guess a good place to start with this. I know you have a lot of training. Uh, Bastyr University um, is a well-known herbal school. Uh, my my primary teacher in herbalism, Sage Popham, he, he trained there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm familiar with it, though I, I did not personally. Um, what, I guess, really drew you into the plant path? Mm, that's a great question. What drew me to the plant path? Hmm. Well, I think that that would be when I was a, a girl, young child, we had a big garden um, in our backyard and I was just able to be with the plants and love and explore being a gardener, <laughs> you know, and plants, not just herbal medicine, like a, botan- like a, a medicine, but plant mm-hmm. food is medicine, right? <laughs> so um, right. I think I really started to have a love of being in nature. Like nature is how I discovered 
plants, food, herbs, like, and I, from a very young age. And I, then as I grew older, um, I started working more with food specifically, not in the beginning. Um, and then from there, I started working with healing with people, um, on the physical level, doing a lot of body work. And then I went back and was like, Oh, I started learning more about herbs and learning Mm -hmm. about how they can be, they are, healing they are medicinal and how using those can affect the body so i guess it was kind of it's kind of like a roundabout kind of way but just learning different ways but really when i was a child is that love of nature because my parents were really into the outdoors absolutely yeah i noticed you have the paracelsus quote on your website (laughs) the art of healing comes from nature not from the physician therefore Mm -hmm. the physician must start from nature with an open mind beautiful yeah it's so true you know nature is the mirror of healing when we you know if you i was um walking hiking outside this weekend um and i just i love being outside by myself and because it really allows me to have um a different view of the trees around and I was just walking and I like to, this is really silly, but I like to be like, I love you tree. And then I'm like, Oh, I love you tree. I love you leaves. I love <laughs> you. I hug. Like, and I, I really like to, cause it, it, I don't know. It's like this connection with nature helps me to feel a connection deeper within myself. Right. Yeah. I mean, so many of our health problems, uh, especially the chronic ones, are a result of disconnection from nature, which we humans, uh, I mean, this is what I talk about in my book, Powered by Nature, but we we sought to control nature. And there's obviously some legitimate reasons for why we did that. Uh, Not to say everything in nature is great, but uh, the the more we've driven ourselves from nature, uh, the more we are suffering the consequences of doing that. And I I feel health is our birthright, right? That Mm -hmm. uh, it should be natural and pretty easy. And if we do things in alignment with nature, then uh, I feel that it's relatively easy to thrive. Yeah, that's so great. That's so brilliant. Yeah, and, and you know, we didn't come to this world to suffer. That wasn't why <laughs> we chose to be here. We, I mean, I don't think that any of us chose for that purpose. You know, we chose to come here to enjoy life, to have fun. Then something happens along the way, like a little bump in the road, um, and our belief system changes, or we forget, like you said, we forget about nature. And nature has so many different similarities to how it helps the body. Like you can think about the walnut, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the walnut is a, is, it looks like the brain. Like, of course it's going to help our brain. Um, and there's different herbs too. Like we have um, like uh, ginkgo, how it also looks like the brain. So there's different things in nature that when we take the moment of actual, I don't know, a moment, not a moment of silence, but a moment of like clarity, a moment to just be with nature, we can see the light bulbs go off. Right. The doctrine of signatures. Could Mm -hmm. you speak to, I guess, what are some of your, your best friends in the plant world? Uh, If we're talking (laughs) about relationship, like not, not what are the best ones, but yeah, what are, and whether this is something you use as a medicine for yourself or whatnot, or just hanging out with that plant in nature. Yeah. What are, what are some of your best friends that you think more people would be, um, it's for them to establish their own relationship with these. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's a, a great question. A lot of people ask me sometimes like, what's your favorite herb? I'm like, oh my God, how am I supposed to choose a favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do have my little friends, my allies, and I think that's always changing. So let's just be in the moment. Like what I was using today, I think it's a great example. Um, I've been using cinnamon a lot, you know, we're in the fall and winter mm-hmm. season time. And I really love cinnamon for its, its sweetness. Um, and it has also, that's like from the, um, the herbal perspective, it has, you know, when you taste it, it has the sweetness, it has the spice, it has the energy. It's also really a great metabolism booster. It helps the body to detox. And we think about from the, um, aromatherapy from that essential oil perspective, it's so great for the immune system. It helps clear the air. It's revitalizing. It's spicy. So it, you know, cinnamon for me just today, I've been, I was put it in this little detox drink that I made. Um, and it helps me connect with the time that, that, I'm, that of now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think when it comes to herbs and allies, I like to be in the moment so cinnamon was a great one. Um, and then I've been using turmeric a lot. I love the yellow quality. I think, you know, yellow, when we're talking about the energetic system is all about empowerment, that third chakra and really, really coming into your power. And I've been working with that with myself a lot, really stepping into that place. And it also mm-hmm. really increases this like beauty of connecting to uh, India and Diwali, which is happening right now. And so for me, it's like this combination of what's happening in the moment, like within myself, what's happening with that plant, what's happening in the time of this season, what's happening with what my body needs, what's happening with around the world. So there's lots of different components there for me to choose from. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very nice. Mm -hmm. I want to I guess, jump in a little more of an open-minded thing. Um, we, we talked about how the genetics are related to obviously going back in time, your parents, grandparents, ancestrally, but then uh-huh. there's also this past life component. Um, how is, I guess, first of all, um, what led you to believing, knowing that uh, past lives are a real thing? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a low, a big, powerful question, isn't it? Um, well, okay. So this is a, this is a great answer. I think that I can give for about myself. So I was having all of these like pretty powerful nightmares where I was waking up and I like abruptly out of sleep feeling like the house or where my, like everything was on fire around me. Like I would wake up Mm. and like smell smoke intensely. Like I would be like, (gasps) like, you know, and so, um, I started seeing, um, different healers to kind of like figure out what that was, what that was about. Like, I'm like, there's gotta be something going on if I'm having this, you know, smell of fire waking up all the time. And, um, so I had some different readings done specifically. And one of them was, well, actually a most of them came back to the point that I've been a librarian in many times in my lifetime, which totally resonates with me about <laughs> having the, um, the knowledge and the power of books and the history of books and like being, having, being the protector. But then as you know, through our history, the burn, the books have been burned, like the libraries have been mm. burned, you know? And so, Oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> um, <laughs> so part for me, I have been, have experienced 
that in my past life of being that protector, being that fire element. Um, but, and I, and it's like being, it has been reignited within me, <laughs> which is why I like have that connection. Then I'm like that, that like moment in time where something is going through my system where that I need to remember. And that's what I feel. Mm. That's where I get that connection of that past life is like from that smell smoke, from that feeling of being like in a fire, I actually am downloading information from my past lives that I need to express out into the world through the power of books, <laughs> through writing, mm. through getting my voice out there. <laughs> right. Today we're f facing, I like the term bit burning more than book burning Yeah. with the censorship going on. It's very fascinating. Right. Watch that unfold, <laughs> how right, quickly yeah. it's moving. Yeah. We just have to be, yeah. you know, be who you are, be free, be tried, you know, express yourself and try not to feel the limit limited the limited list no the the limit of who you are yeah. I guess, you know and helping mm -hmm. to shift because we that's our only thing we can do is just help to be in the space to help move planet forward because other people will just take the wayside hopefully <laughs> right mm -hmm. so my uh, wanted to start with that to ask this question uh so dna being the blueprint obviously we have the science of how that comes from the the previous generations but I guess, how are past lives tied into that blueprint? How does that work uh, from yeah, your knowledge base? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about from um, where, just to, I want to clarify so I can give you an answer. So you're asking <laughs> where the past life blueprint of the D goes into our DNA. Is that what you're asking yeah, me? Yeah, if mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. if indeed it does, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. So yes, it does. <laughs> um, and the answer to that is to, so our DNA, let's talk about from the light perspective, as I was mentioning a little bit earlier, our DNA is a form of light. Okay. Um, and in our body, our bodies are just physical forms of light that we have in a shell of a physical body. <laughs> so we have millions of light forms within us or set light cells, light photons, DNA moving within us that are activated in our physical form as we are in this moment in time. But this, the DNA from our past lives is still within us because it on the energetic and emotional form it has always been within us. It is always there as we move forward. It is what is our purpose. It's what allows us to be who we are. And we have chosen that DNA to be who we are in this moment. Hmm. Um, could you explain <laughs> more on uh, DNA is light? I'm, I'm just trying to better wrap my mind around <laughs> yeah, this. Right. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm go you told me to go way out there. I'm going out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What was the question? DNA is light. Can you explain more? Oh, yes. How D that works, I guess. <laughs> right. I know. Yes. Okay. So let me see if I can explain this in a, an easy way for, okay. So let's, let's look, think about a ray of, of sunshine, right? So when we look out mm -hmm. um, into the yard, right? We can see, we can see a ray of, of sunshine coming down through the clouds, for instance. So that is a form of light, right? And it has energy, it has, it has a photon, it has a movement. So our DNA is that 
vibratory aspect of light. So within that, like when you think, okay, let's look at um, the leaf of a tree. This is our, so mm -hmm. on that leaf, if you look through, you can see the veins of the tree, right? You can see the, all the aspects of the tree. You can see the little, little, um, uh, I don't know, it depends on the leaf, but you can see the areas where water might be sucked in, or you could see a thorn for protection. So within that leaf, there are rays of sunshine, right? Photosynthesis. There's rays mm -hmm. of light moving through that. So that light is the cellular DNA of that plant, right? And so it's, it's, it's how the plant works. It's how the plant communicates, how the plant does everything. It's the same within us. It's the same cell. It's the same DNA. When we use mm -hmm. a plant, when we eat a plant, our cells know that energy form. We're able, that's part of the healing. We are able to connect back to that plant, back within us, back to that knowledge, back to that past life and use it. We just have to be open to it. So the, the cells are, I know it's a hard process, like thought process, mm -hmm. but the cells, the DNA is like a, it's an energetic form of light mm -hmm. within the cell. Cause the cell of course has many physical components, right? It has the nucleus, the Golgi apparatus, it has the mitochondria, all of the aspects mm -hmm. with it that make the physical cell work. But we also have a light cell. That's, that's a better way to describe it, I think. So within the nucleus of the cell, we have the DNA, right? We have our, D mm -hmm. we have our um, RNA, our DNA, it's how the cell functions, but we have our light DNA. We have our energetic DNA. We have, that is the light part of the cell that is the vibration of the cell. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah, percolating in my mind there. So thank right, you for that. Right, you're like, ooh, yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it so makes the, sense, right? <laughs> I mean, all the plants with, through photosynthesis, they're, they're capturing the sun's and that's transforming and uh, allowing growth and everything. And then, I mean, everything that eats everything else, right? It's just a biotransformation of that. I've also heard DNA described as an antenna, right? That, which it can right. both receive and be emitting the photons. So it is that, kind of, I guess, energetic architecture um, yeah. that is in. Uh, and so that makes sense. I mean, especially when we see just how much like our DNA can fix itself and transform itself. It's not just random mutation, generation after generation. Uh, there's all these other things going on, which, you know, it's, it's explained. It's just not well known. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm I guess you... elements of it are known. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is we're, we're still in the infancy there. It's not been studied necessarily, but it has in other forms, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, what I'm saying is I'm taking all the, like the forms that have been scientifically studied, but I'm asking people like, look at it kind of like in a different way, so to speak, right. taking the, the, the scientific aspect and the energetic component, because we've, we've studied energy. We've studied, you know, right. one aspect we've studied energy and we can, and, but now I think it's like the science, the energy, the components are all coming together and clicking like the linking of the DNA. <laughs> like you said, the right. architecture. Yeah, the, the analogy that's coming to mind is like we have a physical body and we have energetic body, like let's say the, the aura, the different energy systems bodies, but you can have that physical structure of the DNA, but also the, the energy DNA that is around that. So it's, it's operating on multiple dimensions. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not a one dimensional being. 
<laughs> it's it just not, it's not possible, right? We, there's two, there's this, we, you know, I think some people are still functioning in that 1D world or the 2D world, you know, but we are definitely not that. I mean, there's just, there's so much um, out there to just show us that we're not that. Um, and so I think that's when people are start, will start to open their minds, you know, listeners out there, open your mind to the possibility that our DNA is not 1D. <laughs> it's not, mm -hmm. you know, it's way more dimensional. And we, when we access that DNA through um, the interventions, like we discuss in our book, through meditation, when we access that DNA, there are, we're able to like shift so many things in our body that we've never been, it's like the key right? Unlocking the key to the door that has been locked for a long time. <laughs> right. So, so we're coming to the end here. I, I have to ask this question. Uh, mm -hmm. As I've gone along in my own healing journey, and by no means am I done, but I feel it is becoming <laughs> less personal and more transpersonal. Uh -huh. Like uh, some of the, the healing processes are not just involving me. Uh, so I saw on your website that you facilitate ceremonies to activate plant and mineral connecting points around the world to elevate planetary consciousness and community. Uh, can you speak to that idea and also this idea of like transpersonal healing? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So one aspect of it is I like to think about, you know, we have the world wide web, right? Well, our plant mm -hmm. community is that. So when, so right. my purpose and intention is to go around to different places on the globe to help the plants and the communities to reconnect that healing around our planet, because that's part of it as we, you know, that's the healing that our planet needs too. So that's kind of like the, the interconnection. So offering ceremony at different places around the world helps the plants to be reactivated. It helps the people to be reactivated. It helps them to find the community that they so need for healing. Um, and then the other part of your question was transpersonal healing. Oh, so yes, I guess, okay, yes. yeah, moving beyond <laughs> ourselves in, I guess, yeah. these, the practices and healing modalities. Yeah. I think moving into group healing is really our next wave, especially because we're moving into this, you know, since the pandemic, um, we have seen that we can work in a much more, um, you know, a non-physical place. <laughs> We've mm -hmm. seen it happen. I moved my practice to hundred percent telemedicine where I'm working with patients virtually. And so when we think about that interplanetary connection, that interpersonal connection, it's all about community. And we can, when we have a group of healing, a group of people come together for healing, it's so much easier to heal within as on a personal level, it expands immensely throughout our group, our community and, and throughout the globe. And so I think that moving into this new place of healing within groups, we're going to see that is going to be much, much more um, uh, accessible one. Mm -hmm. um, and also two, we're going to see people feeling uh, healing at a much more profound level, you know, because when we heal ourselves, you know, we, we just have that, we feel it within right? It's just, it's more personal. Mm -hmm. But when we, with, when we're in a group of healing, like I was working with a group of women as a group of eight of us doing a, a healing over six months. And when you are working with others, it allows you actually to see way much deeper into yourself because they, you know, it's like you open up in this different level. They see you, they ask mm -hmm. you questions, you, but then you also see them heal and then you heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm just reflecting. I recently was out at an event in Utah. It was good to actually get physical with people. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a group healing event. And it was like, yeah, personal healing, but I'm also supporting other people in their healing. And it was it was just a magical and truly transformative event. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that makes makes a lot of sense that there there's more of a shift needs to move in that direction. Yeah, I think that that's one of the main ways and also helps people to to heal at an accelerated level um you know Mm -hmm. even if it's one person amplification yeah amplification totally yeah it's like amplified healing and you know i think that's one thing that i'm so there's many things i'm grateful for the pandemic i try to have gratitude for it you know (laughs) on on some level um and that's one aspect that i'm grateful is people are seeing other ways that they can work with healing you know how can i help heal my friend that is you know having so much sorrow so far away from me you know, and so mm-hmm. it has really opened up the door for that amplification of the planetary healing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Dr. Lulu, this has been a wide ranging and very <laughs> fun conversation. Uh, of course, we'll include all this in the show notes, but where would you like people to go? Uh, when can they pick up your book? And also, if you want to mention your own podcast as well. Sure. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Logan. Um, you, people can go to my website, um, which has all my information there. Um, it's doc, D-O-C-L-U-L-U.com. Super easy. Um, and there, there's a, there's a link for my book, which is going to be available in March, 2021. So they can pre-order. Um, also a great way to, is to follow me on Instagram. I have lots of posting there and that's just Dr. Lulu Shimmick. Um, and that's super easy. Um, also I have my podcast, the genetic genius, where I'm exploring everything about genetics and health. (laughs) It's super fun and, um, follow and listen there. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. As always uh, head on over to healthsovereign.com. You can find the show notes there, leave a question, anything you have. Thank you everyone. And thank you, Dr. Lulu. Thank you.